This is the Outrage Machine. In this series, we'll be unpacking some of the most difficult issues of our time. So much of our discourse has broken down. And been replaced by mob rule. your job to be taken from you. The abandonment of science and reason has led to unimaginable suffering. GMO's gotta go! Conversation is the first step. The time is now. The time is now. Welcome back to Mindwave. And welcome back to the Outrage Machine. I know a lot of you were curious as to, uh, well, wait, hey, isn't there a thing out there that's supposed to specifically be tackling this thing that we're uh, in right now, this crazy monster we're battling in the uh, fucking underworld um, <laughs> that is the current social situation? Which I'm, I'm really doing, trying to do the thing like a Martian thing and, and look at it from the outside because it is a fucked up nightmare. Um, but I, I, I have a bunch of ideas on the table for where we're going to take Outrage Machine. But today I wanted to talk about the thing that I am carving into stone now, which is radical humanism. Um, now, I, there are, that, that is, I googled it, it's already a thing. There are radical humanist movements out there already. I am only considered a, I'm only really concerned with the one that we're building right here at Mindwave, the one that's uh, birthing itself from this weird cosmos we're creating. Um, so that's what I wanted. I just wanted to break down my thoughts on this fucking lens that I'm forcing people to look through, this lens of radical humanism, because... Uh, again, the, 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 it's, I'm calling it radical in the same way that the intellectual dark web is dark. It's almost kind of tongue in cheek. This is not a, a radical idea that we are all one and we are all the same, but it kind of seems like one because of how, how pervasive the outrage machine is on our 
culture right now on a fundamental deep human level where people are dividing themselves uh, ad infinitum into tinier and tinier ideological and, uh, you know, identity cults. So uh, <laughs> that that that's my brief uh, verbal diarrhea of why I'm making this episode. I need to nail down what radical humanism actually is as far as I'm concerned. And I have two people in my orbit, uh, which is really a mutual orbit. It's not like you're revolving right where it's like we're revolving around each other in a kind of synchronicity, uh, beautiful kind of way. So the, in, in this binary star system of radical humanism, uh, I have one of the other participants of this uh, on, on the mind wave level. Fred is sleeping. Uh, please free. Please sleep, Uncle Fred. We need you to sleep. Uh, he, and he forced me to sleep because I was just put through the fucking gauntlet. Uh, so, uh, Jesse, holy fuck. How's that for an opening? <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, it's it's been really exciting to see the uh, the development of what it is that we're building and, and how we're each kind of putting our own thumbprint on it and our own putting our own direction on it. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited to be working with you and Fred. Uh, as you know, he's now the... Uh, the co-administrator of Resurgent Us, so I don't have to babysit that all by myself. I've got I, I've got Uncle Fred uh, helping out with there that as well. So uh, yeah, exciting exciting stuff happening. Mm. And Fred's actually probably the guy that you want because if I if you were to give me that job, and you've seen this, I I, I very much wield the hammer when it needs to be a hammer. This is kind of a weapon. The uh, the thing that I'm I'm just now framing as radical humanism. It is a weapon. It is sharp. If you touch that, it is it is gonna hurt <laughs> at first, which is why people kind of need uh, a moment after that to calmly reflect on uh, how radical this idea has actually become. The rat the the idea that we're all one thing, um, which is the thing that I I really need to unpack. Uh, particularly here in the Outrage Machine, that's the next conversation to have because my next planned conversation for the Outrage Machine was returning guest Mario Presents Estrada and Lady Maga, who are gay, right-wing, conservative, Trump-supporting activists um, to get their input on uh, what what their experience is like going out and waving a rainbow flag that says don't tread on me which i love that idea so much i kind of want one for my wall <laughs> uh as as a fundamental thing because that that is that does reflect what the actual pride flag it, that is a nice a nice parallel but uh it, it in that conversation when all of the shit started really hitting the fan at light speed um, and and just casting itself into every corner and crack and crevice of of the public domain. It first on the COVID thing, and then on the 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 escalation, not the rise in police violence, because anybody who's been paying attention knows that this is absolutely nothing new. But the rise in the social phenomenon around the the recent shootings. Yeah. Um. This this is where we need this part of the conversation to happen and it is on the human level it's not on it's not on the identity level on some level we don't care what tribe from whence you came 
the only tribe we're concerned about is human. And the the reason that you resonate most strongly with me, aside from your beautiful uh, defeating your Dementor's daily affirmation that you gifted me with, <laughs> it is that the, the final line, the final line of your light of morning peace hit like a cannonball to the chest that killed Houdini. It's, you know, don't wish things were easier, wish yourself to be better. And I think that's why that's ultimately why we are all here. And that's why I'm like, if I'm having the conversation about like the radical weapon of we are all the one taking it to this dumpster fire of chaos that is public discourse right now, if I'm going to get anybody, it's, it's you, man. Cause there, there's a, there's a personal responsibility in all this that almost nobody's willing to take. And there's a hard truth element to it uh, that almost nobody's willing to accept. And it just takes louder voices to kind of force that into people's eyeballs and earballs. So uh, thank you so fucking much for uh, spontaneously doing the mind wave thing, which is spontaneous. Most of our best episodes were just like off the cuff, unscripted, raw Boom! What's good? To, what's run on it? So, thank thank you, Jesse, for being here with us, uh, it, it today. And it, where <laughs> I I gave you a lot. That's a lot to respond to. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step away. And, and as you have the floor, sir, what what are your thoughts on where we're at right now? And and this uh, particularly, what are your th- your thoughts on this le- this lens that I am forcefully putting in front of people? Because it's not a filter. The reason I'm I'm using the word lens is because lens are lenses are designed to pull things into focus, things that may be very far away, you know, astronomically. We can bring them into focus just by putting them through the right lens. So, uh, what do you think of my radical humanist lens? <laughs> Well, I, first of all, it's an honor to be here and, and it's an honor to speak to the Mindwave universe. You know, there's, there's so many uh, amazing things happening and, and people getting pulled into that orbit. And, and you're like a muse that just pulls work out of, out of us and stuff that we didn't even know we had in us. Uh, you know, it, it's just such an exciting thing to, uh, uh, you know, to be part of being able to speak in this historic moment and to have that voice be heard. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a privilege for me to be able to be part of that conversation. And, um, you know, I, I've worked in higher education for many years and, and I've worked in a very um, diverse environment. And so, you know, I've had a chance to interact with a lot of different people and, and have a lot of different experiences. And so, uh, the the aspect of humanism that I think I, I've had an access to that maybe maybe not everybody based on you know just the kind of regions they live in and the kind of jobs that they have and and all of those things you know a lot of people are stuck listening to the news as their main source of information about the world and you know they've never had a chance to meet people from India and from Iran and from um, Haiti and from uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan and just, I, I, you know, I've met people from all over the world because of where I am and what I do. And so for me, when I see so much of the scaremongering that's gone on for the past 20 years, ever since nine 11, really, um, 
but it, you know, it, it dates back a lot further than that. You know, the, the, that's just something that we've always done as human beings is, you know, oh, those people over there, they're very, they're, they're very frightening and they're not like us. And, you know, that, that's something that for, for a number of reasons has never really resonated that much with me because I, uh, I was raised in a religion where, uh, race was not really emphasized and it was more about belief. You were one of us if you believed. Now, I no longer do. And and so my place in that religion, it doesn't fit. But it did give me a glimpse of the reality that, um, that the hierarchies that we've built, there's always going to be hierarchies, but they're all different hierarchies across the world. You've all know Harari talks a lot, a lot about this. And so, um, you, you, when you've, when you've been raised the way that I have been and you've rejected that, that framework of how hierarchies, social hierarchies and, um, uh, authority are, are arranged and, and you reject that underlying premise, then you, you get to, you get a peek behind the curtain and you realize that all these stories and mythologies that we use to organize our, our reality are subject to interpretation and are not as based in nature as it as it might seem like to the people who are uh, who who haven't seen it from any other lens. And so, um, w- once you come to that realization and you realize that we have flexibility, you know, I was one of us for the people in that religion, and then and then I wasn't right. So to have that experience of on and then off it kind of gives you that, um, it, you know, in and then out, it kind of gives you that perspective that, um, this, we can play with this thing. This is not a, there, there aren't the hard, fast rules of, of reality that it might seem like there are. And so, um, when I was talking with you earlier about games, that's, that's kind of where this gets into the meta games of, what is adaptive and what is not adaptive. So I, I think when it comes to the kind of games we're playing around identity, race in particular, but that's just for this society. In India, it was caste. In um, the Ottoman Empire, it was religion. In, you know, in many different societies, it's wealth. You know, whatever, whatever it is that is the thing that that generates social hierarchy because that's really what all this is about is control and economics and resources um that you know those while there are going to be hierarchies there's they're subject to more flexibility than we realize and i think uh as as we develop into a global society i've had some conversations with uh you know a variety of people about this and uh you know some are are very fixated on race as being a central pillar of uh uh, you know they just don't see the way out of it and and i think uh to to reference one of the most famous humanists i think we probably i probably should have started with this einstein reminded us that we're not going to be able to solve the problems uh, that that we have with the same level of thinking that 
generated those problems. And so we, we have to be able to move beyond those things. And uh, I, I've, I've probably made a word soup that just confused everybody that's that's been listening to this. But, uh, it, you know, there's there's just so much to, to dive into. So. Um, oh, my God. No, th- this is this is phenomenal. And this is why I was like, there are there are literally right now two people on the planet who could have this conversation with me. And I'm so glad that you were available. I'm, I'm glad that our, our, our timelines synced up in, in a way that the universe allowed <laughs> because, yeah. because it, it is, it is kind of like a fundamental thing that's been lost. And it's something that we've been working for the entire time. And I love using the word lens here because we want to cast out Okay, there are there are. Uh, I'll go to my astro nerds. There are times when you want filters. If you only want to look at the infrared light coming from a galaxy or the X-ray light coming from, uh, you know, a a a pair of uh, binary black hole system or something. There's there's valuable data. I don't even know if that's a if, if that was a thing. But I'm just getting into astro mode. I haven't been here in a long time. But there's a value to the filters on which we're going to look at one specific thing, which if we're going to look at the things that people are calling race problems uh, in America, which is the hard conversation to have. It's a hard conversation to have. It That needs to be a deliberate filter that we put on to address that specific issue. But filtering itself filtering itself um, is problematic Um, and people who are on the autism spectrum totally get this as a masking thing we put on a more presentable version um, that we think is what people want to hear rather than what we actually want to say so there 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 is a value to a, a a putting things through a filter but the first part is crucial and that's the lens what what is a lens what makes a, a lens different from a filter we don't just want to see things differently we want to see them for how they actually are and i i've needed uh, my own eyeballs are astigmatized and and fucked up weird because my genes built me funky in the womb that's totally fine i was born with fucked up eyes i've had glasses since i was two i've needed big chunks of glass on my face my and literally my entire life uh just to be able to see the world as it actually is because if i take them off things are i can still make out the the where the walls are where the floor is but you lack the clarity and you lack the vision of what a lens can provide and this is something we discovered a long time ago um pioneers on lenses i will probably do a whole like extended cosmos thing on this but for for the for the purposes of this thing i'm i'm gonna say like let's talk about what optical glass technology was like around the time that uh isaac newton was studying light Optical glass was like this big secret society thing. You, you this was secret knowledge, you know, to become somebody who could make uh, pieces of glass that perfect that could do that. This was a secret knowledge thing. This was held away from the masses. Isaac Newton was one of the first people to look at this 
this optical glasses as a tool for understanding how light works. Um, even in his day, what, 1600s? I, I don't have a Jamie. He could see the dark bands that appeared in in the spectrum, the, what we would call now a spectrograph. What, what he never took the, the deeper lens to was to, to think about what those lines actually represented, what they, what they meant. Because if he had taken that leap, uh, I mean, fuck, give this guy an extra year, he probably could have figured out, no, wait, those, those dark lines uh, that, that show up when you put sunlight through a prism, they tell you what the sun is made of. He could have figured this out. So we need to, we need to honor and cherish are Isaac Newtons of the lenses through which we look at humanity um, because they, they were the pioneers. They were absolutely the fucking pioneers on this shit. And my reclaiming the rainbow is a very much an homage to the people who started the pride movement, which is just like, but let's, let's look at the lenses that we have now. Let's look at the tools and the instruments that we have now, because they're light years ahead of, of, uh, you know, the tools that Isaac Newton had, but he, the, the same thing was there. He could see the dark lines. He just never thought to think that maybe that meant something. Now we know exactly what that means to where we can look at any star in the sky and tell you exactly what the fuck that star is made out of. And that's insane. And that is the power of combining lenses and filters here. So if we're going to talk about race, the thing that people are calling race it needs to be through the filter of, okay, let's let's start at step one. Let's all acknowledge that the thing that people are calling race is a fiction. It's a social construct. It has deep impacts on countless lives throughout the generations. It the 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 impact is real, but the narrative is false. It's a falsehood. And I love that you gave a free plug to Yuval Harari on this because fictions are useful. Uh, they can be useful in building civilizations and society. Some of them can be very harmful. So if we're going to talk about the issue of race um, on this planet, not at, in this country, you know, like that kind of thing, that's, that's square one. That's where we all need to agree the thing that we're actually calling race doesn't really exist outside of the meme pool, um, which we, the evolutionary biology, there's a whole separate thing to get in on the meme pool, but this, these are ideas, but they're, they're false. They, these, these are fictions that w we have created. So that is the lens that I'm trying to force in front of every other filter that we talk about any of these issues, especially in the outrage machine, because I was going to bring people on and make this a panel thing get a lot of different viewpoints on like hey let's unpack what defund the police really means let's talk about you know let's bring people in from different uh, angles and try to understand this in a large a larger context in a <laughs> in a kind of cosmic universal overview effect kind of context let's understand what re what's really happening here so that's what mindwave is trying to do feebly um but again it takes the big lens and all the little filters and all of the voices who can create the waveforms that I can't because um, uh, my own ineptitude has been on, on full blast since ep episode one. I know I'm not the right voice on uh, a bajillion of these things, but I'm, I'm finding 
I'm finding the right voices, and I, I'm the gravitation of this this beautiful thing we're rediscovering together. That's doing all the work. Gravity is doing all the work. The stars sitting there just like, well, I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just being me. It's sucking in all the parts, and then it's we are at uh, we are at critical uh, a critical moment in in my mind wave to where like the fusion process is started <laughs> at the core of the thing that we're building. Um, bursting into existence on a literal uh, a planetary scale so it's i'm extremely overwhelmed and i just need i realize that most of my conversations around this have been off air off uh, or in the last dozens of hours of of recordings that i've done for the vault while i've been on my digital vacation i have tons of thoughts on this shit you guys but they're raw and unfiltered and largely emotional um I need to get something out there now on like what this actually is, the, what the outrage machine is. It's a thing that's trying to tear us apart and what radical humanism is to me, which is just like being the guy willing to say that like, no race doesn't actually exist. Let's it, there's a one us. There's one. We let's start there. That's the starting line. Um, and then we'll put on the filters and, and we'll talk about the personal experiences that people actually have to fucking live with. Uh, because that's how we start to have conversations around things like white privilege, etc. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass, I'm going to roll the ball gently across the floor back to you because I know I just had uh, the worst case of Taco Bell verbal diarrhea uh, in possibly the history of ever. But that that's why I needed to record and that's why I needed you here. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick it up uh, gently because it is radioactive. This one, <laughs> it um, fucking one thousand percent is, uh, but it shouldn't be. That, that, that is the dark part of the intellectual dark web. That's tongue in cheek. It's like, yeah, the, the we are all one message became very problematic at some point, and I, I don't know when. Um, yeah, it's, well, it, it seems it, radical it, now. It's it's been untangled for me a little bit by uh, some things that uh, uh, Eric Weinstein and um, Coleman Hughes. You know, I've been listening to what they're saying on this, and and um, n- not as much as I had hoped to, but uh, you know, it did it did help to untangle a little bit for me in the sense that um, with <laughs> I'm sorry, I got this cough. I, I don't think it's anything serious, but uh, uh, that's a little like this is why people do podcasts because they're like, oh, those are real people. <laughs> they have dogs and kids, and there's like life happening in the background. It's great. Oh, there's uh, definitely life. I've got I've got guests over that that uh, are being loud. So, but <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. So life is definitely definitely happening. But uh, uh, so Eric Weinstein was talking about overloaded terms. And this is, this is where the problem with the phrase Black Lives Matter comes into play is because on, on one layer, it's an obvious statement that almost nobody would disagree with in the modern era. Um, I mean, you, you still have some segment of the population that is overtly racist and, and is uh, uh, you know, fixated on some very old and obsolete ideas. But for the most part, very, very few people would, uh, uh, you know, disagree with with uh, that with that statement, and yet the 
other implication of Black Lives Matter is is we need to defund the police because they are hunting down and killing black men. And that aspect of the argument or the movement or whatever, you know, that that is a more contentious and more controversial item, uh, significantly more controversial because um, the, the, the data shows that it, it's... Uh, it's not going to protect you no matter what race you are. There are uh, people of all races that are being subjected to, to police abuse. There's a lack of accountability and there's a lack of, um, uh, uh, you know, just they're not getting rid of the bad cops at the rate that needs to happen. And they're protecting, in many cases, the bad cops. And that is endangering not just black people. That's endangering everybody. The fact that our system is malfunctioning in this way. Or functioning in this way, depending on what narrative you buy into. Because there's some people that think, well, that's how it's supposed to function. That's what they meant for it to do. That's what oppression is all about. And, you know, so that that's one uh, perspective that can be held. But I think the you know, the reason why this is resonating across society is because we recognize that while blacks may be more um, in danger and susceptible to police abuse because poverty rates are higher, numbers of encounters with police are higher, um, you, you know, there, there's a number of system-wide factors that put them at, at a more exposed and vulnerable position than the general population. And yet what's happening to them can happen to any of us. So it's not, this is the, this is the exact point. I was just going to interrupt you because you said them, it's not, this is what's happening to us. This is what's happening. There, there is only one us here. And this, this is the importance of stepping back behind that lens before we start to talk about any of these, any of this stuff, because, and I, 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 I jamied myself for the purpose of a point, which is something I'm going to try to do more. I'm going to try to actually read more on air. Um, you challenged me months ago to read from Epictetus, which I have not done. Uh, that There's is going so to be all. There's so much I have not done. So don't feel Dude, it's, uh, it, it, it's uh, the, the, the grain of sand on the beach of the cosmos. It's like we're just getting here. So holy fuck. But for for a point of illustration, I it on this because this is another controversial quote radical thing to say. How many streets in the United States bear the name of Martin Luther King Jr.? How many streets in America are named after Martin Luther King Jr.? Dun 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 dun. Uh, I'm not going to do the actual thing, but it's a fucking lot. It's like everywhere, right? That's like uh, uh, it says. I, my quick Google says more than a thousand, uh, more than a thousand, and uh, I was like, "Well, I'm just curious. How many streets are named after Malcolm X?" <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, single digits from yeah. from my cursory thing, and that that as a point, uh, I realize it's quote problematic uh, because of my melanin content to point that out, but that fucking says something doesn't it uh because the 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 anger and the hurt and the human the human response to this problem was exactly the same the lens was completely different <laughs> the, these were completely different lenses the the one through which 
Martin Luther King Jr. shown this problem onto the world, not just this country. The one the lens through which he forced this problem onto the world is why it worked. It's it is the it is why that message worked. And I took this in reclaiming the rainbow to when they created the rainbow flag as a like, hey, maybe we need to get rid of the pink triangle because that's what the Nazis used to put on us to single us out. Maybe we should find a more universal human message of light and love and color that represents us as a us with a capital U as a people, as in all of us, not us gay people, not them or, uh, you know. Uh, it, this is the thing that like it was an accidental thing that I said to Fred that is uh, gonna for sure I'm almost certain go on a t-shirt which is like the only the only difference in some variation because it's a uh, wordy wise I need some writers on this shit the only us that uh, versus them that's out there is the them that doesn't realize they're us it's like there's only <laughs> there's <great>. only <laughs> uh a- accidentally brilliant i i i mean i'm willing to say it but that that is kind of a, the thing that we're getting at here is that we we need to kind of force people to get out of the outrage machine and see the world as it actually is not as it's being force fed to them through the uh fucking digital umbilical cord that is social media that is just force-feeding us the worst toxic garbage in uh, in the world, uh, as far as we can tell, and trying to make it worse. Everything, all, everything out there, as far as I can see, is trying to make it worse. So that's why I'm like, well, Mindwave clearly has a role to play here. Um, it is, by default, it is going to be a controversial one because no matter what the fuck I say or you say or anybody else says on any of this, it is so fractured and so polarized that, like, somebody out there is going to be like, this person needs to be canceled. That was outrageous. Um, and that's kind of the thing that we're we're getting at is really the us-them thing and our first conversation that we we were going to have on the outrage machine we had started talking about this months and months ago is the social games part of it it's it's the kind of like sims level whims that we do for each other we follow the story mode we put on the filter we go through the task these are the games that we play with each other in this social thing that we're all doing together because that is different from what we actually are as individuals. And this is what falling in love is. Uh, kids, if you've ever fallen in love with somebody, you get to know the actual person, not the sim that they uh, walk around is in the, the pretend world that we've created to make this work. This thing that we call a functioning society, especially in the United States of America, which has been the bastion of freedom for fucking decades... You know what I mean? It's just like it, there is a difference there. If there's a line to draw anywhere in the sand of time, people, it is it is the real human that that exists as an as an individual, and it is the rest of everything else the 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 digital world that we have to play in. And I mean that literally and metaphorically. You are, there is a kind of fucking uh, avatar nature to the way that we engage with reality, like 
on a physics level, guys. Like I'm, I'm saying, like on a deep science nerd level, you want to get into like neurophysiology and shit and consciousness. There is a sim nature to how reality actually fucking works. Okay, so that this is like we're gonna go way deeper on that, but. <laughs> this is what this is square one this is where you can't start hopscotch in the middle you can't start a poem in the middle of a sentence um and uh, this is why i'm it feel like manna from heaven has rained down on me from from doing this process is finding the other people who kind of get that and have the superpowers to bring into this and amplify this and make this the loudest message because it's the right one it's how we got here in the first place uh but the the problem the big problem now on the social level is that it's a, it's not a popular one and i don't know why and i'm like well i think if we just did that and especially since it's june it's pride month we're all one rainbow that i'm very much in that and that you guys uh, side note: I had I was forced basically to produce a gigantic virtual pride event for an entire city within the last seventy-two hours. So I also am in a bit of a funky state uh, mentally. But it, the, the pride message is perfect here <laughs> because it is universal. It is for everybody, and uh, it's it's this lens. And I'm going to force it in front of any filter that anybody tries to put on these conversations and that is going to make us a billion friends and a dozen enemies <laughs> uh, because it is, these are the right ideas. Uh, they are controversial to say, but it just needs people willing to say them. So thank you, Jesse, for, for being one of the people willing to speak up because almost everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid to touch this. Are you kidding me? Because you nailed it on the head when you're saying the the statement "Black Lives Matter." Almost nobody can disagree with that. Um, it, that's that's kind of the functional thing. It's just like, well, of course we're going to embrace that. But if you really kind of like go down the 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 rabbit hole of ideology and how problematic it becomes um, on on a deeply human fundamental level, I mean, this is these are the conversations that need to be had. And almost nobody is willing to have them, which is kind of, I guess, where the mind wave magic comes in. And it's only because of people like you who are actually willing to sit down with me and have this totally impromptu conversation this afternoon. Because it was like, well, let's really actually talk about what we're talking about here. If we're going to restart the outrage machine at all on this shit, this is where we need to start. This is the lens. Then we'll go into the filters. Because the outrage machine as a series has been uh, kind of all over the place. You know, our postmodernism episode was fucking fantastic. That's probably the big sexy one. We did environmentalism. We did we did evolutionary biology on we started the conversation on on biological sex gender identity and human sexuality we started the conversation there it's going on it's gonna that's the beginning of the conversation okay and so many of these things it is that those are the seeds those are the very beginnings of the conversation and that's what mind wave at least here is to do and i'm a thousand percent sure that that is exactly the same 
function of resurgent us and far out and Fred's front porch, we are kind of all Johnny Appleseed throwing this shit out to the cosmos and hoping one day it not only bears fruit, but becomes a dandelion seed on the wind of the cosmos to go and create its own new universe. (laughs) And my last point before I pass it back to you is on hierarchies, because we do kind of try to organize ourselves into hierarchies as humans this this is a this is has been a valuable tool throughout our evolution of kind of putting like okay well this is where the base is this is how this happens like there did need to be some kind of um ancient medieval architecture to how societies came together like that was a a necessary thing and i really 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 don't hope i lost the thread (laughs) because that happens way too much doing this because and especially since no notepad balls balls to the wind balls to the cosmic wind uh on this shit in 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 terms of it's god damn it i had it societies and how they put themselves together and uh fucking it's god damn it 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 happens uh, shit happens. That's another thing about being humans. Uh, and another thing about the podcast medium that makes it so special is that shit does happen. I had, I had a really important point there. I'll remember it later. It's running on the hard drive of the back of the brain. <laughs> God, but isn't that the worst? You get on a rant. It's like being, uh, this really is kind of exhilarating and you're going to, you're going to get addicted to this more and more. It really is kind of like being a sports star, like an athlete and getting in the zone, and then just getting off the court and going, holy fuck, <laughs> Jesse, I really hope, I really, you're not going to be ready. No matter how much you psych yourself up, you you are not ready for the ride that, that this is going to be. Man, it, it's, uh, you are going to get electromagnetically launched off of Maslow's Pyramid. Uh, in, <laughs> into another fucking dimension, uh, and so I, I, I guess that's that's my my message in a bottle. Back to you from way up here is get the fuck ready, bro, because oh oh goddamn. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm so glad that you suggested. Hey, uh, do you want to do this impromptu before you have a chance to really you know think about this too much and 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 get terrified of saying the wrong thing about this extremely delicate topic. Um, <laughs> that is, I think the best way you have to do it. You have to just jump because if you think about the fall, you won't jump. Right. So, exactly. and do you realize yeah. that statement, that, that statement right there, that thing that you just said in, in perfect English, Jesse, that story has been with us for hundreds of thousands of years it's appeared in a gajillion different languages in stone carvings on ancient cliffs that have well weathered away that we never got to see you know what i mean that is a deeply fucking human thing that has been with us the whole time um and is just now re-manifesting as the sentence you just said so uh, I'm I'm legit crying a little, but that's why. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so you you um, you're exactly right that, that we have to realize that there is no them, and I'm I'm totally looking forward to getting that T-shirt. 
hope everybody buys it. That is a badass t-shirt. <laughs> and, the Mindwave and, uh, Swag Check is coming, I swear. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it reminds me of something. I, I ran into a, a race realist or, or, you know, whatever they like to uh, call themselves as, you know, that white ident- identitarian. And, um, you know, he was, he was kind of laughing at me for this, but couldn't really dispute it. And, and I, and I said, the way I look at it is that, um, <clears throat> I, I don't have enemies. I have people that don't realize they're my ally yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if you approach life in that way, I mean, yeah, you'll get burned sometimes. There's people who are going to disappoint you, obviously. But <laughs> the important thing there, Jesse, they're going to disappoint themselves just as much as they disappointed you. It's it's kind of like it's a weird cosmic mirror thing. They're going to feel just as bad as you about it as you when they when they come to the light, as it were. Um, which which is kind of a harsh truth to this to the 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 process of the or the evolution of our discourse. Um, because I, I, this is a, the Darwinian lens is another one that I am absolutely trying to force everything through, um, cosmically, but especially our social discourse, there is a strong Darwinian aspect into the way that ideas spread. Um, there is a harshness to killing a cancer cell <laughs> there, the, you are doing violence to that cell by eliminating it. Uh, but it is for the betterment and the growth of the organism, uh, to tie another weird cosmic string to that, take from it what you will. Um, yeah. So, so doing violence, um, you know, that, that's something that I used to be so completely opposed to, you know, I used to be of the, uh, Martin Luther King mindset, uh, because I, I thought that it, uh, it just wouldn't work any other way. And I think that, that might be true in some contexts, but it's almost certainly not true in other contexts. So I definitely meant that on like the uh, microbiological level, the word right. violence on a, on a, on a fun, on a human level, that's a whole like, uh, Oh boy. That's like a six part mini series of the outrage machine into like what constitutes actual violence. Um, where does the line of free speech actually exist? Um, you know, because that is a whole, that's not even a gray area. That's just a void of human discourse. That's not, that's, there's, there's not even a, uh, it's, it's the different, the transparency background between a JPEG and a PNG with a transparency layer (laughs) (laughs) to like reach out to my nerds a little bit more. Like there is kind of that, there is that factor. Y'all are working in windows paint, uh, you need to get in a modern image editor that can remove backgrounds and preserve transparency. <laughs> I, I think Fuckers. You, yeah, you can draw some metaphors and uh, uh, I, I like where you're going with that. You know, mm. using, using a technological uh, uh, way of thinking about it, you know, and, and, and file types and things like that. A and million I, I filters, think, man. Yeah. And, and the I, lens and is think, what's important. I think we can do that. I, I often think of, think of uh, society as being like a giant superorganism, And I think of uh, in the same way that you have T cells, you know, that, that could be overly active and start attacking healthy cells. You know, that would be almost analogous to cops that are unrestrained in their 
their enthusiasms, right, and are taking down uh, uh, cells that they should not, or individuals that they should not, and so that that's kind of a framework within which that I, I I see this is that we are all like little cells of this giant human organism that none of us can even really comprehend because it's just so big. Uh, you know, at this point, it's seven billion strong. But what does the word what does the word billion mean to us? You know, we can't, we can barely conceptualize like a few hundred. And, yeah. uh, you know, so if you think about all the people out there and, you know, who, who knows how many of them will hear this? <laughs> That's another thing to, if I thought about it, I'd probably just, <laughs> you know, I'd probably pee myself or something with how, how nervous that would make me. But uh, uh, you know, we can't, fortunately we, we don't even manage to comprehend it. We just talk and people hear it. It's the weirdest thing. You, um, and, and th- this is, this is light of morning shit. There, there's a reason, especially in, in your piece, there's an art- artistic reason why I kept invoking the beach. You don't have to know what each grain of sand looks like under a microscope uh, to be able to appreciate the beach, you don't have to understand the gravitational relationship between the Earth and the Moon to appreciate the waves. You don't have to understand the biochemical contents of the ocean or the life that lives in it. Now, you don't even have to be—you don't even have to understand that that's where all the life on Earth came from when you go to the beach to be able to appreciate the beach and be there together and enjoy this beautiful fucking thing that's here already you know you don't you can bust out the microscope and go down and look at a single grain of sand and it will blow your fucking mind you can take a single drop of water and put it under a microscope and be blown away by the cosmos of life that lives inside that single drop of water you can be the kind of person who has a brain who can unpack the math of actually what is happening between the earth as a body and the moon as a body in space going off of math that isaac newton came up with in the 16 fucking hundreds okay tie back if you look at that, put that under a microscope and look like what's actually happening there, it'll blow your fucking mind. But it's yeah. only within it's only within uh, <clears throat> the the cosmic beauty of the beach, the beautiful thing that is the beach that's already there. Anybody can come to it. Um, understanding how all the rest of it works is the goal of life, I think. And it, you know, I was, I was quote put on this planet uh, for some kind of uh, reason. Uh, evolution would suggest uh, it. It might not be to procreate literally, but I, th- I think it may be to procreate within the ideal realm um, and get these conversations into other people's heads as my basic function. Uh, and I love that you invoke T cells uh, because it's like, oh my gosh. There is so much other tie-over into the science communication thing where it's like the stronger immune system, like, well, no, that's actually, you know, like white blood cells going nuts is, is actually, yeah, that does like leukemia. That's what we call that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there, there's, there are a billion, trillion, quadrillion parallels to draw 
to everything else. And that, that is, this is another thing that I'm incorporating into this is that it is not an A to B thing. This is more like a spirograph thing where you bust out the little thing with the wheels and the teeth and you put your colored pen in there and you whip it around a bunch of times and it creates these geometric mathematical shapes that only by getting through like a big chunk of it do you see the larger pattern. There is no A to B on a lot of this stuff. Everything is interconnected just on a fundamental basic physics level of how reality works. Um, so I, I, I guess, I guess that's what we're here to do, especially on this is, is the lens thing, the, the physics of the actual universe that we live in, not the, the one that we pretend to live in, not the, uh, game of Sims that we play with each other and all the little social bullshit that we go through to, uh, you know, make the game work. Which is, this is where, initially, Jesse, this is where our, our, our first conversation was going to go on the social games thing, because it's a, a beautiful place to start it. But again, this was spontaneous. This is me, like, just like, well, let's actually talk about the radical humanism part of it, because it is controversial as fuck, according to uh, the zeitgeist, as it were. Um, I feel like we you and I in particular and Fred and Boone and a bunch of the other people in this wave, we are kind of uh, at the crest of the, you know, the wave of the sands of time. We're kind of ahead of a lot of people. So we need to bring them with us <laughs> uh, and, and bring people out of the darkness. And you can only do that with light. And I realized, you know, Jenner, it, Jenner's whole thing is weird metaphors. Uh, but I, I hope there's some value to that. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to, again, gently roll the conversation ball back to you like we are in preschool. Uh, I do want to hear from you quite a bit more before we close this out. And I know you're being very generous with your time. I just did a Sam Harris. I'm sorry. Uh, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, but I, I know you. the life, ha life is it doesn't stop for anybody, uh, which is why out there in the universe if you have time to whatever time you have to commit to contributing your voice to the conversation every second of it is worth cosmic palladium motherfuckers and don't you forget it so i am i'm dedicating the rest of the meat on this uh this ancient bone from uh, that we just dug up uh i'm you are the meat <laughs> <laughs> Jesse because I fucking love you man and you're the perfect person to do this with me today so uh, you have the floor sir there, there's about a million strands that we need to pick up and, and when we when we go back and listen to the show notes you know there's there's probably like the makings of four or five different podcasts just from what we talked about here uh, that we could you know kind of open up any of those and go down the rabbit hole um, so I, I, I guess since we've been all over the place um, I, I want to go back to the the outrage machine and and the social games and uh, basically make make the warning and ob slash observation that I think a lot of people already realize, which is that our brains are essentially confirmation bias machines, and whatever it is that we go looking for, that is what we will find. You know, it's like in Empire Strikes Back, one of the one of the most um, pivotal scenes or, or maybe not pivotal, but meaningful to me uh, and, and wisest is when uh, Luke is getting trained and uh, 
uh, he, he asks Yodo, you know, what's in that cave? And Yoda says, only what you bring with you. And he brings his lightsaber. And of course, he gets into a lightsaber fight because that's what he brought with him. And life is so much like that. It's, it's, it's a, that's symbolism. That's a metaphor for what life is like, is that whatever we, however we see ourselves and however we see the world, that's what we're going to project everywhere we go. That's why when you have, you know, when there's negative people, you just don't want to be around them because they are raining on every parade that is in their vicinity. And, and, you know, you, you can't spend time around somebody who's just always negative and critical without feeling a little bit worse. <laughs> and the same, same goes with people that are, uh, uh, you know, always happy and jovial and, and you just, you enter their orbit and you're like, man, maybe things aren't quite as bad as I thought. Maybe things are okay because you bring it with you. You bring with you what it is that you take into the world. And so we have to be very, very careful about the questions that we ask our brain. It is going to find the answers. Um, there's, there's this, uh, talk that I love that Tony Robbins gives, and he has everybody look for red, look around the room, look for red, look for red, look for red, and then close your eyes. Okay. Now tell me everything that's blue. And you can't, you can't do it because you were looking for red. That's what your brain was on the hunt for. We're good hunters for what it is we're looking for. And in an age where information is so plentiful, that's really what our problem is, is that information is so plentiful. It's not that it's scarce anymore. It's not that things are hidden anymore. It's that there's so much in view, we don't know what's important. And so we're getting bogged down in too much information and not enough ability, not enough bandwidth to sort through it and figure out what's important and what what really matters. And so we just kind of get frustrated and angry a lot of the time uh, because that one is easy to make sense of and it's easy to get clicks for. And it's, you know, those are those primal survival emotions. We're wired for that, man. That's that's the that, that's the starting point. That's that's uh, that's how we keep alive. And so um, that that's what but we have to move beyond that. That's not the level of thinking that we're going to be able to solve our big, complex, wicked problems with, because that's really what, you know, the, the race problems in America, they are wicked problems because if you try to confront it head on, what happens? You end up getting someone like Donald Trump in office because everyone starts to backlash against it. Right. Uh, uh, and, and then if you don't, and if you just sort of quietly accept certain things that are not okay, uh, you know, hoping that they'll get better eventually. Well, you know, maybe they do, but that maybe they don't, you know, it's very inconsistent progress that way. So, uh, you know, I, I, I empathize with the, with the people who are uh, using really radical methods and, and trying radical things. And I think, uh, you know, radical humanism has to see them as part of us too. You know, even the people who are doing uh, uh, cruel or uh, bigoted or whatever the case might be, whatever terrible things you can observe other humans doing, know in the mirror that that is within you too, right? Because we all have a shared ancestry of people who were, you know, warriors and slaves and kings and and artists and and the, the people who attended the witch burnings, right? Those, they, those were our ancestors. And that's in us. That's in each of us. We're the offspring of Cain 
more so than Abel. If you want to, not to take the story too literally, you know, I, I view that as a metaphor, but I, I think it's a true metaphor that our ancestors are not necessarily the good ones, right? That they're not the ones that that were the most noble. They're the ones that they're just the ones that survived. And sometimes it was, you know, sometimes it was through good behavior. Sometimes it was not. And that's all within each of us. Every, every ounce of that is within each of us. It just under certain circumstances, it could get activated. You could think you're the, the, the best saint in the world. Well, starve you for three days, shake you up in a metal cage and, and keep you sleep deprived and then let you out after that. And let's see how, how nicely you act toward people. Or right? take I mean, away we, your child or yeah. put, put, put you put in a human situation. Right. That, and Jesse, you are, this is ex- exactly why you're here. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, this is very much candle in the dark for me. I'm, I'm reaching around here um, with a very blunt tool, and you you come into this conversation with a surgeon's scalpel, um, and <laughs> dig to exactly what it, what what that it what we're actually talking about, um, and it's this this is the power of the writer, and I I know you have an analytical mind, you have the mind of a writer, and on the thing which i i have not announced do you want to announce the thing do do you want to use this wonderful beautiful conversation to announce it we can announce the thing go ahead and announce the thing jesus i'm jumping in again okay yeah so i i've been talking for a while you guys about what was going to happen with humanity first (laughs) uh it's coming back and it's going to be hosted by yours truly Jesse Rogers here joining us in this fucked up, beautiful cosmic neighborhood that we're building together. He, I, I am lovingly with the most love in the universe passing this torch to him because he is so much better armed. Uh, his mind is so like this guy's a superhero. He is going to take this shit to the next level. And it's, uh, I'm overwhelmed, obviously. Uh, just kind of coming into this as like a weird cog that became the machine that built all the other, mach- the self-replicating machines. It's kind of like the paperclip thing <laughs> from an AI thing. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, there is definitely a chain reaction going off. And I'm like, holy shit. A lot of this stuff is way cooler than the stuff that I made. So, uh, oh, man. Oh, recentering, recentering. On, uh... so it, it, seems like a good, it seems like a good place to uh, introduce it, though, because we are, you know, humanity first is going to be essentially my version of radical humanism, right? That's that's where I'm going to be uh, uh, developing these ideas further, and uh, you know, of course, it builds off of the Yang campaign, and I, and and you and I were uh, uh, both very excited about that movement and want to carry its momentum to the extent that we can and, and sort of put our shoulders to the, to the wheel and carry those ideas and carry those conversations. And, um, and, and yeah, I think, I think it does have to be um, the understanding that all of us are us. Um, And, and I think it has to also come with an understanding that that's not where most of the country's at right now. Mm -hmm. When you, when you see, when you see a, a black child, 
lying dead in the street in Chicago, having been murdered by, you know, a gang member or something like that. There is a very large segment of the population that's going to say, well, look, they need to get their house in order. They need to, you know, look, they need to, to do better in their own communities. Why are they blaming this on racism? And, and the, the question is, don't you see that is an American boy lying dead in the street? That's us. That's a human child. It doesn't. And and this is why it works when it's amplified across the world, because I I didn't I'd if I had a Jamie and this was prepared, I would say, like, okay, let's look at some of the, you know, extreme dictators on the other side of the world who have gassed little kids. And we see footage of that that comes out through the tools that are now available to this fucked up species of monkey cult humans um, that we get to be exposed to that. And this is this is another another line to draw, I think, is between between the rational mind and the visceral part, because both parts are extremely at play. I feel like you and I and Fred Eater and Lena Miller and Jereen Elkins and uh you're my spirit babies in in my <laughs> right now I t- it's there are a gajillion other of you but you get what I'm saying like you guys coming into this humanity first thing with me that was our common thread that this was not a political campaign this was a visceral reaction for us this was a a physical thing that we felt in our actual bodies that were like we need to do something we need to amplify we need to be the light we need to do this um which was what set yang's campaign totally outside all of the other planes this was not even like a left or right or forward thing it was definitely an up thing it got people to look down at the rest of it and go oh my god what the fuck uh how bad has this gotten since we discovered writing and started printing books oh boy oh boy are we in are we in a fucking situation but the the there is a an extremely important place for the visceral reaction and the rational reaction and this 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 was another thing uh uh hey hello in the triad which was accidentally invoked like months and months and months and months of so, so so yeah ethos logos uh pathos <laughs> <laughs> do you want to break that down uh and it in one of my rants i said pathos because uh you know again i'm a high school dropout uh and i've never engaged in philosophy before so i'm 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 a wet naked baby to this universe uh and which is why i'm like radical humanism this is mine right and that it, again it's like shoulders of giants no 
bitch, people did this work uh, hundreds and thousands of years ago. So do do you wanna do you wanna kind of uh, steer into ethos and logos and pathos as uh, our our way to shift out of this cosmic dimension back into reality so that you can go and and be the wonderful human that you are in your life and and get back to your things. <laughs> Again, I'm very mindful of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I still have some time. Um, I Again, I don't want to rush you. I have all the time in the universe for you because you are you are a cosmic gift. Uh, this is why I've shifted from gold to palladium because if you're looking at the most valuable uh, things that you can find out there in the universe, palladium, I think, is the most valuable space metal uh, that we know about. And uh, it's not gold. It's fucking cosmic palladium, bitch. I went to an asteroid to mine this shit. <laughs> I flew across the solar system. Uh, that is really where this is at. So at you, you are a, a, a big boy philosophy nerd because my exposure, let, let me just uh, reveal my own ineptitude here. My exposure to all of this shit academically and f- philosophically has been very... Not surface because I've engaged with the ideas and the content. The the, the medium through which I experienced them is kind of like the atmosphere of the earth. It's kind of like a skin of the apple. So I, I credit Melody Sheep largely with my cosmic awakening because he he mixed... He used the tools that he had available to mix these idea germs into really entertaining, fantastically beautiful uh, music and video pieces for YouTube as a way to take this shit viral. So I, I credit him with largely planting a lot of these the surface seeds, which eventually grew uh, into their own... It uh, into their own things. This is very much is like a weird that this uh, God, and this is why in Cosmos the freaking dandelion seed, and then take jumping off of that in the spores thing. There really is a huge, a huge uh, area of 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 like no, it's it's totally that uh, because. We this only works when we it's it's the traveling pants, you know. It's the it's it's the pay it forward, it's the neighborhood, uh, which is why it's I don't know for whatever reason it took so long for the neighborhood to come to, to come together. All of us, this weird this weird universe that we're creating together, uh, needed to have an ultimate crossover series between all of us where any one of us can stop over to anybody else's front porch to ask for a cup of sugar to build the beautiful cake. And, of course, we're going to share a slice with you, and you're invited to the next barbecue. There's a fucking, uh, there's a meteor shower. We got telescopes set up over here, bitch. The neighborhood is goddamn beautiful. We need to connect like this again. And there's a place for, there's a place for, I'll tie it back, Jesse. <laughs> I've got to keep the thread. I'm the, what's a motherfucker going through the labyrinth with the with the rope? You know this. <laughs> Jason, Thank is it know. is it Jason? Okay, okay, okay. I said 
<laughs> I got myself because I'm a bit of a dum dum. I didn't do like school school. I'm just like an interesting. I like interesting stuff. So we're we're gonna go through uh, ethos uh, ethos ethos. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows how ancient Latin was pronounced. Uh, the ethical argument of persuasion, logos, the logical argument of persuasion, and pathos, which I was calling pathos, which is the emotional argument of persuasion. I feel like that would be a really just Jesse, like that would be a tits way to round this out. I again, I don't know, I don't know how much. Uh, time you have on your calendar this afternoon but I, I i feel like that would be a really just beautiful way to because yeah, you know more that. than me like well I, yes and no we know different things that's that's what it is jenner we know different things because i i didn't actually study philosophy either in college i, I was an economics major but i'm i'm fascinated by philosophy because it, you you do you realize that you're just a little child to start with and you know nothing. And then the more, you know, the more you realize how big the thing is and you're like, Oh my gosh, now I'm not even a child. I'm a speck mm. of dust, in this gigantic universe. And so it, it gets more and more humbling the more, you know, so it, it's beautiful that way though, because it, it allows you to let go of your ego. And uh, you know, this is, this is something that I, this is a nugget that I'm going to talk about and elaborate on further. And it's own, it, it deserves its own thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here as kind of a teaser because I think it's so important. And that is, I used to have a, a, a lot more suicidal ideation than you might expect of someone as cheery as me. Um, and and uh, so for a very long time, I was I was troubled by this, but I would never talk about it because in our society we're not very good with uh, you know mental. Uh, health issues and, and, you know, being able to be open about those kinds of things. And so, you know, I realized that I was one, I was way too much in my own head. And two, I had an ego that needed to die. And the, the suicidal ideation that I had, at least the way that I've come to interpret it and to process it and the mythology that I've put around it is that that was that was a way of seeing myself and a way of being in the world that needed to die. And in the same way that you would dream and you would see something in the dream that represented something else, it wasn't that I physically needed to die. So whenever I had these suicidal thoughts, it wasn't, and, and I never, I never actually um, acted on any of them. You know, I was, I was, it, it, it upset me and kind of scared me because um, I want to live. And so to have those kinds of thoughts, uh, eventually I came to realize that it's almost like a waking dream in which I, I needed that version of myself to die. I, it's not that the physical, the physical body needed to die. That was just the symbol for it. And so, um, I, you know, I think there are, I don't think the physical United States to sort of tie this to America's moment right now and the world moment. I don't think either humanity or America need to die as physical entities, but I do think that there needs to be a kind of an ego death, uh, uh, the sort that I transformed through and, and was able to see myself because it, it, to, to give you a little bit more information on it, I sort of, had just accepted that I was going to work a job for 30 years, retire, 
and just run out of road at the end of, you know, it's like, it's it's dismal as fuck. It's like, what is that? You know, what's the point of that? We, I just, I just want to add that in there. Large capital W we with an asterisk. We all had the ego death. Those of us who came together and were like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. We're not doing that. We're going to do something big and magical. Uh, Jesus. Uh, that that was a big yeah, we, yeah, and that's yeah, why that's why we resonate. That's why Mind Wave reached you and created more waves, because it was always yeah. a dandelion seed of the cosmic winds to create more dandelion seeds to the cosmic wind to create more dandelion seeds to the cosmic wind. That's what we were always doing. Uh, and goddamn, are you beat the most beautiful example of this ever happening? Um, but really, that begins, it's just a this tape rewinding a little bit. The thing that I was going to get out there is because I know as you are a writer, you are very well thought out. You are much more academically minded than, than I am. So you, you feel a kind of pressure, I would assume to make this, uh, a, a, a thing. So I guess my thing would be to like, remove that filter as a, as a meditation practice as much as possible and do this spontaneous um, because this episode right here (laughs) Mr. Rogers is the most beautiful example of what the spontaneous living in the moment uh, shit can produce because that's why podcasts explode because it, it, we all live in the moment. Uh, the, life is always happening. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to always be this polished, pre-produced thing in a box um, that tries to convince you of something. Um, but uh, there's a place for all different types of reasoning here. We need ethical reasoning we need ethicists in the room who are really willing to ask and try to answer to the best of their ability the hardest questions. We need logisticians, logic people who are just on the very basic mathematical level on a kind of Sam Harris's moral landscape kind of level willing to say, well, okay, no, this situation is arguably a lower spot on the moral landscape than the other. We need that part and we need a space for the pathos. We need a space for the emotional reasoning because we are emotional beings and we have to be drawn, and if if we're gonna be swept into this cosmic stream, then we're all being we're all in it together. I mean, obviously, we're coming into it from very different places. This is a, a weird salmon problem. Let's say we all know which stream to swim to swim back up uh, before we die <laughs> on some on some kind of biochemical weird evolutionary level. Uh, to draw another weird metaphor parallel to the animal kingdom because it it works uh, as a more metaphorical thing. It works, I think. Uh, but <laughs> that's kind of like uh, that's it's it's all one it's it's all one thing. And this was really the ultimate challenge of trying to make mind wave because it was like, well, no, it really is all kind of one thing. 
And even trying to break this into different series and themes seems like an impossible task. Uh, until I kind of stepped stepped back and I was like, okay, well, the beach. It's the the beautiful beach that moves every last human on earth. Uh, every grain of sand tells a story. The tree, the all of the plant life that grows there tells a story. The ocean itself tells the craziest story of all. And the sunlight shining through the atmosphere going down as the thing that we call sunrise and sunset is one of the most beautiful phenomenon that you can even experience as a human being on this fucking planet. And that has its own story. Uh, but no, there's no level of prerequisite knowledge that anybody has to come into this with to be able to appreciate the beauty of a fucking sunrise. And this is why, again, you're like, you and Fred are like my light of morning superhero team because that's what that is. That's what that's what I meant. Um, and uh, it's, I guess maybe we'll shift briefly to, uh, unless you want to dig deeper into the different types of uh, reasoning. I'm going to go somewhere I'm going to go somewhere strange, Jenner. Please. Oh, my God, please. Oh, this is exactly why you're here. This is because, oh, my God, please. Because I I always do that. That's what we're going to do. We're going to turn on the joy machine because that is the way out of all of the craziness. Shut the fuck up. Uh, There there, there is, and I'm getting a lot of this from so many other people, Tony Robbins, uh, Stephen Kotler, you know, there's, I, I like to read a lot. I am 100% nerdy. So that's where all this comes from. But uh, the neurobiology of how we are is so weird and counterintuitive because we've been for the past century building these computers and they think very logically and analytically to the extent that they think, you know, it's like it, it, they're just calculation machines. And so we're, and they're so powerful that we've all been sucked into that calculation machine mindset, but that's not who we are or how we are or how it works. And this is this is the weirdest thing but you know how people are always imagining that if they can only use more of their mind if they could use a hundred percent of their mind imagine you know the, like the limitless mm-hmm. uh, uh, right that, that commercial totally false premise you use all of your brain all the time you just it's using doing the mind activity that is an exercise <laughs> which yeah, we're going to get into in more of one but uh yeah Here's the weirdest thing, though. Here's the weirdest thing. You think that high performance would come from, you know, tremendous prefrontal cortex activity because that's what sets us apart from all the animals. That's what makes us unique is our, you know, over uh, uh, abundant uh, uh, prefrontal cortex. And yet (coughs) the strange thing is when they examine, when they do brain scans of people that are in a flow state, and you know they're in a flow state. This is this is something I got from Stephen Kotler when he was talking about, um, uh, uh, what is it? Extreme sports, you know, like the 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 kind of sports where if you mess up, you'll die. That's how you know they're in flow state because you can't be doing those things and live through it if you're not in a flow state. Right, like and, diving and so, through the sky as a thing yes because people do that yeah, like crazy talking. shit and i'm like oh my even doing bungee jumping i'm like i don't know if i could do that i'm 1000 percent sure that would be the most exhilarating experience of my entire life i don't know if i could jump out of a i i mean uh, a plane or a spaceship i'd say i i know no i do i i do gotta own my own balls on that one i think i i probably could jump and it would be the best thing of my life 
Uh, but it, we need to get everybody to that point of feeling like they could take that jump uh, and do the crazy thing because we all have those superpowers. You see these people doing crazy sports shit, flying off mountains and skis and snowboards and jumping out of planes and wearing squirrel suits and paragliding. And you're like, well, God, I wish I could do that. Well, I mean, uh, in a metaphorical way, you kind of can. You kind of can. This this is the weird superpower that we all have. We're the most magical creature that's ever existed on this planet because we can we can do that shit. No other uh, animal or, or plant species really on this planet can do that shit, or or any within the other the kingdom of life. Nothing else in the kingdom of life is doing this shit. We are capable of that. Um, it takes a and great amount of self reflection, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the way we're capable of it. Self-reflection is part of it. There's there's so many aspects to it, but when when you're in a flow state and you're doing these things that and and by the way, some of the things they, there are people who drop out of planes, they go skydiving and then instead of landing on, you know, they they drop a parachute, but instead of landing, what they do is they're wearing skis and they ski off a mountain. They, they let go of the parachute, drop a little bit further and then they ski down the rest of the mountain out of jumping out of a plane. It, crazy stuff people are doing now. And the, the, the way they're able to do it is by shutting off the prefrontal cortex. Their prefrontal cortex actually shuts off while they're doing these things because it's the big bad boss that's doing all the calculations of, you know, what, what's going to, uh, you know, when you're overthinking something, when you're judging, that's the prefrontal cortex at work. And you got to shut that off and just be. And that's how things happen. So that's why I'm so glad that you just called me up and said, Hey, you know, let's do this podcast and don't worry about preparation. Let's just go impromptu. And, and that's when you get the best stuff is because, uh, uh, you're, you shut off the part of yourself that says, wait, this could be a bad idea. You might get in trouble. You might have offended some people. And you know what? I might, but it's gonna, it's gonna start the conversation in a way that hopefully will be productive and that hopefully will get more people to, to, to just magnetize into the mind wave and into this, this, you know, we're, we're building this, this massive, uh, uh, just explosion of possibility. And, and it's not just us doing it. There's people all over the world that are going to be coming together and doing this more and more because the technology is there. We have to. <laughs> exactly. And, and why the fuck wouldn't we, why the fuck wouldn't we use this like this, Mr. Rogers, because I very much feel coming into the podcast medium as an extremely introverted, self-conscious, self-loathing uh, outsider, you know, I, I felt like that in my entire life. You know, I'm that's how I'm coming into this. I don't get along with people in the real world once they hang out with me for a while. They usually don't like me very much because they have some ideas that challenge them a little bit too much. Because that's what that's why I'm here. I, I, I have a very hard time with the fucking rest of it. <clears throat> but when I saw this medium, <laughs> this medium called podcasting, uh, that's different from YouTube streaming, it's different from virtually anything else audiobooks or uh what what what's even another one it it fulfills it fulfills a purpose and a need i think in a way that like it it needs people to revolutionize the medium 
And uh, I have kind of tongue-in-cheek been repeatedly saying, I'm coming for you, Rogan, but almost kind of seriously, I am coming for you, Rogan, because, like, this is a magical tool of the gods, and we have the power to change the world, quite literally. Uh, this is a Spider-Man thing. I'm the weird... If I have a superhero uh, fucking character, it's Spider-Man... I'm just a little bit of baby and I want to do the best for the world but with great power comes great responsibility and I I want to be especially now that Mindwave is literally reaching the world it is spreading across the entire planet and if you are out there on some other part of the planet that is not in the United States why the fuck haven't you not hello hello send us an email to info at mindwave.media send us an audio file we'll put it on the show if you live in the u.s or somewhere that's close enough call our fucking number we have a phone number leave us a voicemail 602-456 what is it for four, 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 five, six. Two, two, five, three. okay see human shit that's what I'm saying. We want to hear from everybody because this is this is a global thing now. So there there is a greater <laughs> hence the reason why like I have a gigantic vault of shit that I'm like, oh yeah, these were fantastic conversations, but oh no, we uh we're um hmm. And that that's a a, a self reflection thing. But it's just as as another uh, hashtag no pressure moment. Um for war of one because I reframed War of One, and uh, you you gave me some lovely feedback on my promo for that. Um, but that is actually a... I'm going to start that series up with mindfulness and take my whack at getting people to embrace mindfulness as the first weapon that they can use in the War of One. Um, Very common. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I I have officially invited Dr. Jordan Peterson to come onto the show uh, for War of One. I've posted that on Twitter. So if you, a listener, uh, would just cream your jeans to get uh, Jordan Peterson on the show, please tag him like that, reshare it, get his attention because I I know. I I know in in my spirit of spirits and from the rocks and the trees on a Pocahontas level shit I know that Jordan Peterson would uh, appreciate my framing of how to talk about mental health. <laughs> uh, maybe that sounds arrogant, but it, you know if it, it's Peterson esque, let's call it. <laughs> well, you could learn a lot from him too. I mean, having uh, oh, him absolutely, the show, absolutely, yeah. Clinical psychologist with with a, a tremendous body of experience. It's little wonder that he became as as well known in the world as he did, because um, you know it was just sort of a moment where someone like him needed to step forward. And there had been you know several there had been many people taken down before him that uh, you know said the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. It, it didn't even have to be wrong. The point is, it was just. You know, somebody got upset and cancel culture just smacked them down. And But eventually you're going to run across someone you can't smack down. And, uh, and and so we'll always be grateful, I think, for, for the service he did to free speech just by standing against the storm. 
and, and I think he opened a way for a lot of us. I think also, or you could, that, no, Rogan, that's what, that's why I'm saying it is because he ran into the fire before a lot of us yeah. with the super weapon of his mind and, and broke apart a lot of the narratives that needed to be broken apart for the rest of us to even start to have the conversations around a lot of these things publicly. Um, and yeah. we can't, we can't martyr him. Uh, he's still here. You know what I mean? He has, he has a lot to contribute to this <laughs> yeah. conversation. So um, th- this is my weird version of a golden ticket in in some way is that I, I would really love to get because he's he's he this is like uh, the, you know, Gilgamesh, <laughs> you know, fucking finding like the, the, the fucking like ancient super god uh, to come and just provide the ultimate amount of light onto onto these things. Uh, so, yeah, I really hope uh Jordan Peterson, if you if you listened through this whole episode, hopefully you got a sense of the vibe for where we're at, and uh, we are kind of off the we. This is totally off the script. Uh, I my notepad is like eight feet away. Uh, it's uh, this is just this conversation needs to happen, and uh, if you specifically, Doctor Peterson, are listening to this. Um, a conversation with you specifically needs to happen. You have a very important um, point to make on on the war of one um, domain that I can't make as well as you can. So this is uh, this is your golden ticket. I fucking love you, Jordan. Okay, uh, passing the ball, passing the ball in the kindergarten class of the Mindwave universe. Uh, in our in our uh, impromptu outrage machine here on radical humanism, uh, it, I'm absolutely just adoring this. You realize like this is, I I feel like every episode of Mindwave that goes out is the best episode of Mindwave, <laughs> and it's impossible to pick favorites. It's it really is kind of like having rabbits, and then every new uh, litter of babies is more adorable than the last. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> this is like every new every episode is my favorite episode on a fundamental level and is just watching it grow oh fucking jesus okay no tying it oh god thread jesse i found it hierarchies we want to organize ourselves into dominance hierarchies which is not how humans actually work that's how societies have largely worked but that's not how humans work especially within the ideal realm how humans work in the ideal realm is much more like a growth hierarchy where it starts at the beginning and it's kind of sporadic it spreads and the spreading creates the spreading it's the dark energy of the universe that's accelerating the expansion that's kind of where I uh, the the other lens that I really desperately wanted to include in this, and I'm really glad that I did because uh, I would have kicked myself in post. Uh, but that's that's the other thing I kind of wanted to just squeeze in here, like a, a inconvenient fart, is that like that's really what the function of the outrage machine is going to do is is going to be re. Just forcing a bunch of lenses in front of your eyes, listener. Um, your 
spiritual metaphorical eyes to try and get you to look at these problems maybe a, a little differently and we're going to try to arm you with the best weapons of conversation to be able to talk about these problems that was uh, a metaphorical thing that might have been lost in the war of one promo because i was like this is a war you need weapons we're going to give you weapons what are the weapons we're going to give you uh mindfulness and compassion and there is a place there for uh, arguing against empathy um per paul bloom because emotional reasoning uh, they can be uh, problematic. We don't want to emo- reason entirely emotionally. We need a a logical and ethical framework for that to also, we need to take into the consideration of the emotional reasoning, but it can't be the whole thing. And part of the, let's call it, the, the, the thing functioning on society right now, the whatever cancer or whatever it is, it's kind of rooted in that in largely emotional reasoning and it's for a damn good reason because it's horrible the situation is horrible no human on earth can watch a single second of any of the footage that's been blasted out as outrage pornography for the past however long no no human with a beating heart can get through that and not feel something so this is i feel like this is our role as the uh as the fledgling grassroots IDW knockoff thing that's uh, uh, rising up in in the midst of this craziness, but uh, I think I think Jesse that this was just glorious, just uh, tits of God level shit. I mean, I've been like it's like like literally, kids. Uh, if you saw God's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're beautiful. They, it's it's a beautiful set of tits, and I'm saying this as a gay man. Uh, Jesse, gently, very <laughs> ever so gently, rolling this beautiful ball back to you to um do with it what you may. Close yeah, us man. out. Take us into a new rabbit hole. I want to go wherever. I just I'm so thankful to you for being here and doing this with me today because it was totally unplanned. Uh, which is the, also the thing I'm trying to get you to do. Don't feel like you have to plan this shit too much out when you're running Humanity First, which, you guys, he's running Humanity First now. Uh, go spontaneous spur of the moment because it, the, this is an absolute fucking blast. But, uh, yes, gently rolling. The boat. That is a powerful lesson. And that, and that is, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that because I need to hear that sometimes. And uh, uh, I think <coughs> I think this is now more of a node in the IDW rather than a, rather than a knockoff. I know you're being humble with that, but I, I think what's, what's developing is something that no one gave permission for. We're just all sort of the, these, these shaman out in the wild that nobody ordained with anything. And we're just talking and saying crazy stuff that, that people are starting to listen to. And uh, you know, that that's, that's just how it develops is that y- you have people weaving stories together because we there's there's facts over here and there's facts over there and and look we just found a connection and we can bridge the two with this story in a way that gives us an advantageous heuristics of the next time we see this thing now we know what to do with it you, you know that that's the sort of stuff that we're that we're working on and so 
you know, one of those stories, one of those, one of those connections and facts is, is that uh, people used to think that a four minute mile was impossible for the longest time until it was, I got my phone here, 1954 by Roger Bannister. Uh, he broke it. And then shortly after that, it was like a, a month or two later, no one had ever gone a four minute mile. And then suddenly everyone's breaking this four minute mile. You know, you have, you have a half dozen athletes that, that break a four minute mile after that. And they're, and they're all getting better and better times. And so I, I think Joe Rogan did that to some extent by uh, creating a podcast that just sort of disrupted completely what the narratives were of the, uh, of the talking heads and the, the, thinking class the the you know the writing class and uh uh, you know he just sort of usurped the networks in a lot of ways because at least for the younger generations not so much for the older ones i think they still watch fox and cnn but but uh you know we're we're not doing that anymore because the, the younger ones for the most part because we realize that we have voices and we have we we want to talk to people that are real and that are having real conversations and so it, it's an absolute privilege to be part of this. I, I'm, I'm honored to have been brought into it. And I also feel a responsibility to press other people into this service as well. And uh, I, so I'm, I'm constantly uh, in my Facebook group and in my communications with people asking, you know, when are you going to put out a podcast? What are you going to be talking about? Let's get, let's get something moving. And uh, I, I had planned to do a podcast this weekend. I, none of the people know <laughs> that are going to be in it, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of what you just did with uh, just sort of spontaneously bringing people into something because there's important conversations that need to be had. And if we overthink it, we're never going to do it. We're never going to have the, 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 the guts to jump. So you just got to jump <laughs> and find the guts later. <laughs> You know, it, it's that that's really it. And and uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, if you've enjoyed this conversation that that Jenner and I have been having, there is nothing special about this. And yet it is incredibly special at the same time. Oh, it's, yeah. It's one of those things where, it, you know what I mean? It's like it, it, it's it's special because it's so ordinary. It's just two guys talking on a computer and and putting it up there on the on the Internet for people to listen to. And yet. You know, there's people that will be really touched by some of what they hear, and and right. and there are people that are going to have their thoughts provoked in a way that you just never know where this butterfly is going to flap its wings to, and what tornadoes we're starting ten years later. You know, with with the kind of stuff we're talking about here, and and we don't care. We're going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can't plan it out. Balls to the there's wind. No way you like uh, uh, so fucking no saddle. And and let me just clarify. Um, let me go on record here. I think I've said this before, but I'm not actually shitting on Joe Rogan when I do that bit. I'm, I am I am gently poking his tummy because he is a fucking pioneer. I shit on Joe Rogan in the same way I shit on Isaac Newton for believing in alchemy and biblical numerology. Okay, he is a fucking pioneer. Uh, it's uh, obviously all the love in the fucking cosmos to Joe Rogan. But yeah. he has a very no, much unfiltered, I don't give a fuck attitude, and so do I. So uh, I, I just wanted to make that explicit. If it wasn't anywhere else in the MindWave podcast library, it should be here explicitly. So if uh, I ever get dragged to the guillotine, I can send them this sound clip. <laughs> it might be episode 1,759, or it might be 2,041. I don't know. 
but I really look forward to the episode that he's going to do with Jenner Zeno. Mm. Well, let me just say, somehow, this weird universe that I created that overlapped with the Climate Fix podcast universe um, put uh, uh, Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen on Mindwave yeah. before Rogan got to them. So I, I, <laughs> I, I can't take a single amount of credit for one second of that, but it was, uh, it just illustrates the uh, amount of wanting to rip my arm off into the fourth dimension to pat myself on the back for being a part of this, which is not my arm. It's there's a weird collective consciousness thing going on here, <laughs> but no, no, we're definitely riding the wave. And especially uh, after this uh, spontaneous pride thing, that came out of the woodwork, which is going global uh, by the end of the month. Um, the Studio Stargazer slash the Mindwave podcast is producing a global virtual pride for the planet. I think it's like one of a dozen or so. Um, large three to four hour uh, pre-produced event video that you can click into and stream into and comment live and then we'll be going into an after show style hangout live chat on StreamYard to where not only can you add your comments and we'll see your beautiful face and comments but we're also going to be inviting in guests from all over the world uh, to participate in this pride event with us because this is it's Pride Month, guys, and this Pride is kind of a radical humanist movement that we need to remind a lot of people in the movement now that it is a radical humanist movement. It's not an identitarian or isolationist us-versus-them movement. Um, there needs to be more people willing to stand up and say that, and, and the same goes for general liberal ideologies, on, on the grand scale we need more people willing to be able to say it and i'm, I'm thrilled that i had i have the uh, the gift of having to give zero fucks what anybody thinks of what i say because if they want to go uh to anybody and go oh he should hit he they should take his job this is my job uh, and I don't get paid for it, motherfuckers. So if you want to talk to my boss, that's me. Let me spin around in my chair real quick like a supervillain with a hairless cat, which I do have a very sexy chair now that is very much like it could be in a volcano lair somewhere. I am I am, an, I am a uh, very powerful <laughs> being, but I am an antihero. I am a Deadpool, okay? I do have a heart. I, I'm doing the Spider-Man thing, you guys. I realize I'm dark. I'm edgy. I give zero fucks. I I use language that is totally not PC um, all the time, but, like, realize, and if you're a part of the Mindwave universe, you know that. I am an anti-hero. I am a Batman Deadpool level thing. Like, I do care. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Jesse's uh, coming into this as another person who clearly cares. Uh, same with Fred. Like, the, the reason that you guys are being gravitated to this thing is that uh, the common thread that ties us all together is that we do care. Uh, we all have very different... <laughs> ways of expressing that mind is becoming more and more colorful not with not uh this is not an additive process i do want to also make that clear to the listeners that like this is not a character that's being built this is slowly 
but surely the filters are coming off, the masks are coming off, and you're getting to know the real Jenner. That's that's very different. So if you've known me for a long time or you think you've known me for a long time and you're just like wildly offended by the places that I've been taking this shit, uh, that is something that you should be aware of. No, this has been me the whole time. I've just been playing the social games and putting on the filters for you. And this is the process of those coming off and me saying, you know what? I really don't give a fuck because I know I'm right. When I say we are all us with a capital U, I know I'm right. And if that is in the same sentence as me shitting on racial identity politics, so be it. You know, like... Well, and you know, I think there there is a aspect of it that um, we can all kind of move towards the same middle, perhaps. Um, and and I, I have a metaphor that comes to mind of like, imagine a tree that's been broken and it's growing the wrong way and you know that it's growing the wrong way but the light is still going to pull it towards where it needs to go you know have you ever seen those trees that bend towards the light? yes i was and just going to say no it's growing the right way because that's the the direction that the light's coming from now i was at i love the picture you're painting please go on <laughs> yeah yeah so so even those movements that have things very very wrong you know like for example um uh, black lives matter will object that all lives matter you know they're they're not trying in good faith to uh to advance anything they're just trying to to disrupt what black the 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 genuine good that black lives matter is trying to accomplish and i don't know if there's truth to that or not it, it, it seems to me like that that very well could be true. I, I, I really don't know. I think the but spirit's the I, same I, all across the board. We're just using different words. I think, I think yeah, I think there could be a lot of semantics. It's, I, think also, I think it's almost entirely semantic, which is the most frustrating thing because this is so shallow because yeah. we're all real people. We all feel this shit. None of us is like... Yeah feels good about this. It's kind of like on the ethical, moral abortion thing. It's like nobody wants an abortion. Nobody's like, fuck yeah, yay abortions. You know, it's like that's a hard personal spiritual thing to come to. Um, weird parallel to draw, yeah. but it kind of feels yeah. in that same realm to me, at least. If we had UBI, I think a lot less young women would feel compelled to make that decision. Are you, come, are, are you kidding me? Uh, free plug for fucking Andrew yeah. Yang. Even though was, uh, you know. Not in the race anymore. It's Not fine. Me. Hashtag Joe Jorgensen for president. <laughs> Free plug for Joe Jorgensen. Uh, damn. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see a conversation between Joe Jorgensen, Andrew Yang, and maybe like a Jordan Peterson. Like that would be a really mm-hmm. interesting conversation. We need, we need, Make it we need psychologists <laughs> and ethicists and tech entrepreneurs and all these different nerds we we need them in the same room hello um this this was something that we glossed over so quickly and i'm so glad i found the hair the that was in the fucking uh, laminate (laughs) the piece of shit that we laminated like at page two of a hundred uh oh no did i just derail myself with my own fucked up cute metaphor oh no jesse pick up the beginning of the sentence again you're a writer where was it the beginning of the sentence fuck fuck elevator music fuck 
I assume this was a point on the depth of expertise and, uh, you know, trusting the people who actually study this shit, the people whose homework you used to cheat off of, because uh, the nerds most often do have the right answers. Um, <laughs> I guess, maybe. There's there's a, there's a thread there, and it's it was at page two. Of, yes, before that, but what did I say right before that? Oh my god, no, I had it. Oh shit, this is so frustrating because I had it back at the beginning because we we touched on it, but we breezed over it, uh, just as kind of like an afterthought. And I really wanted there's a big fucking sexy flag. God damn it! I, I, I'll do it in post. Kids, I'll remember in post. This is another thing about doing this uh, real time and unscripted. Like, don't feel like you have to write a script for anything. When a lot of people were reaching out to me for um, advice, they were like, how do I write my scripts? And I was like, what? <laughs> this shit, dude, you don't <laughs> script this shit. This is just real time, uh, real time shit. And if any of you out of there are concerned about the amount of alcohol Jenner drinks, that was totally, that's not a uh, drunk Jenner thing. That's an all the time Jenner thing all the time. Because uh, that's for all of us. But it's it's back there in the back of the brain. And when I, re- when I listen back over to this, I will be like, oh, yeah, that thread. Uh, it's a really good point. But uh, yeah, this this is how this process works. When especially if you're freeform, you're not taking notes. You're getting in the zone. You're jumping out of a fucking plane. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times when you're when you're doing especially this work um, on trying to shift the public conversation, however slightly. Uh, it is very much what? jumping into a, almost an active volcano, in a sense. Yeah, and what I'll say, what I'll say about that, and about the contrast with writing, because I've tried to do both, and I find that writing is excruciating compared to podcasting in terms of how much energy it takes to get words onto a page versus how much energy it takes to talk to another guy for two hours. Uh, because if you were to look at this transcript, I mean, I'm sure we're all over the place and it would be, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to follow that thread all the way through, but there are so many words that have been spoken versus how cautious I would be as a writer. I, I mean, I, I would not doubt it if you got 30 or 40 pages of text out of the conversation that we've had. And for me to write that would take me forever. It would not take me two hours. So uh, uh, when you're trying to produce content and get something out there, I I think this is a great mechanism for doing that. And and I'm definitely going to do some shorter uh, segments. I'm going to take elements of what we've talked about in this conversation. And there's things that we didn't get to explore. There's about a thousand things we didn't get to explore. I just remembered one of them. It's fine. Go for it. Take it. Take Fucking, it. I, so what I said about uh, the, one of the threads I lost earlier, this is the magical thing about the human mind, you guys, because one of the threads I lost earlier was on the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. The the screaming supernova that came to me from across the universe of content, whose name is Jesse Rogers, who came into this thing that I'm doing called Mindwave who gave me like the most fiercest fucking Mr. Rogers energy that I found in almost anybody on earth. 
I mean, like for real, real, not for play, play. Uh, going back to the origin story of how Mr. Rogers' neighborhood started, he saw the tool. The tool emerged, and he said, "Look what's being doing. Look what's being done with it. Look what people are putting out." And uh, th- this is separate. This is, there's a very large backslash here. Um, I'm not shitting on any other podcasters. I'm I'm just saying, look at what is out there in the content of of the podcast world. There's a lot of it that's kind of superficial and very shiny. There's a lot of it that's very much kind of like slap the pies in each other's faces. But how much of the shit that's out there is talking to the inner child and telling them that they matter? And framing it in a way that is adult to where we're clearly trying to talk to the inner child of the adults who are having to go through this shit. Because probably nobody's talked to that motherfucker in a really long time. And it feels like they're teddy bear that they haven't seen since they were six. And they need that. They need those voices. You know what I mean? They need those voices in their ears. So if we can be that for the public discourse, I really think that's where it's at. Which ties into a thing that I was going to do with Corey Cottrell. And uh, due to the apocalypse, we have not come together on yet. But when he and I started collaborating on the first Light of Morning, um, kind of, he he included his music in that bit. But I was like, well, let's... I, I did a piano riff on top of one of his guitar riffs, and I was like, well, let's make an album together. And kind of joking, I was like, let's call it Teddy Bear Hospital... Um, like as a death metal band, that would be a really funny name for a death metal band. Let's call it Teddy Bear Hospital. But then uh, I have no idea where Teddy Bear, Teddy Bear Hospital came from. But then I really got to like digging into it and thinking about it. And I was like, no, that's actually kind of what we're trying to do in a sense. We're, we're trying to remind people of who they are in the way that we are going to dig up they're childhood teddy bears, and we are going to stitch them back together. We're going to pop them full of fluff. We're going to wash and dry them. They're going to be uh, smelling all cute and flowery and pretty and say, Look, bitch, I'm back. Here, you can cuddle with me again at night. Uh, you can take me to bed with you because it's hard to be a human these days in this crazy world that we live in. It, it, we do need a teddy bear hospital, kids. And it, if you didn't have a teddy bear growing up, maybe it was a blankie, maybe it was uh, a nightlight or something, we're going to recreate all of that for all of you because you all need it. You all, capital A, it's because we all need it. We all need some sense of that, which is why in building Studio Stargazer, I've been bringing all kinds of colorful lights and, and, and just peaceful pieces of everything and trying to bring all this shit into one place is like, a, this is what this really fucking is, you guys. <laughs> like, if we're here for a reason to contribute to the conversation that is the outrage machine, the thing that is trying to tear us all to fucking shreds and would see us burn into cinders by the fucking nuclear apocalypse, the the thing that is operating on us right now that is trying to make that happen, it needs to be counteracted with 
the brightest, the most joyful, the most I don't give a fuck bitch movement that has ever happened. And you brought me back to the joy machine like way earlier, which is another thread that we dropped, which was like, of course, that's the answer. Of course, that's the answer. It's a big, bright, beautiful, colorful message of unity that doesn't give a fuck. That doesn't give a fuck about the childish games that uh, we've been sucked into playing, kind of like in a Vegas casino type thing, where by the flashy lights and the colors, we're tricked into playing this game. Uh, None of us should feel bad about having played that game. I've played the Outrage Machine game. Uh, that's why I had to step away yeah. from social media. And Jesse, uh, you recently made this decision too to step back from the outrage yeah. machine because Sorry. you're being played. And that is a game that you have to play for the game to work. Um, and that's largely why, again, Mr. Rogers was like, this television thing is being used for garbage. Let's put out something beautiful. <laughs> and he became yeah. the icon that is the thing we're gushing over, like little... Uh, bitches going let's build a teddy bear hospital to do this for everybody and let's use this tool of the podcast that fred rogers couldn't have imagined uh, in his wildest dreams if there was like hey 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 fred do it do it, yeah imagine a future in in which anybody could have a radio show and they can say whatever the fuck they want to anybody on the planet the entire planet at any time imagine a world in which that happens <laughs> Mr. Rogers, this is the function that you serve here. You are his spirit animal. This is why you are in the Mindwave universe. You are him incarnate and literally also Mr. Rogers. So, uh, <laughs> God, this is beautiful. Man, so there it is. And, and you know, the, the greatest thing about it is that it's not that you're needing for someone else to come along and and give it to you it's right there you, the the means by which to repair your own teddy bear it, you you did that when you took the leap jenner that that's the whole thing it's right there you, you healed yourself. yeah yeah you you heal you healed yourself by taking that action and and so you know it's that old seneca quote that that i absolutely love which is uh it is not because things are difficult that we do not dare it is because we do not dare that things are difficult. And this this is another um, post-production interjection. Something that I really wanted to say during the episode that I didn't um, was along the lines of the fact that courage is not the absence of fear. It's the conquering of it, um, which is uh, attributed across the generations to many many a a poet and writer and artist. Um, But yes, courage, being uh, going to the cliff and being willing to jump, the courage part is the important part. And courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing the thing despite it. It's it's accepting the fear and jumping anyway, Um, which is, holy fuck, uh, just w- th- that's the, really what we were getting at by digging into kind of like getting in the zone in the, in the sports realm and the extreme humans who go out of their way to make us look like fucking McDonald's eating fucking couch potatoes who are jumping out of helicopters and flying off of like, like 
as every last one of these bitches, all these Instagram hoes who go on like, oh, look at my little nature thing. I'm going out and I'm, I'm going to go, like, oh, fuck you, you rich hoe. Uh, another uh, another plug, I guess, for universal basic income, because everybody should have that opportunity, am I right, to be able to fly around the world and experience life and the beautiful planet that we live on. But yeah, that was uh, that was a, an interjection of, of sorts that... Uh, Adding in post. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one, right? It's our it's our lack of action. It's our it's our lack of taking that leap that leaves us stuck in the place that sucks. And so that's the that's the ego death that needs to happen. That's the that's the place to get to is is let go of that concept of scarcity that that you know for someone else to have means that means less for me. You know that that's that's. I think the the thought that I want to close on, that's what I want to leave people with is that when you get justice for this person, you get justice for that person. And you know, you, you get more equality for this group and you get more equality for that group. That is not coming at the detriment of you ever. Because when, when, uh, when the rights of one person are protected and enforced and, preserved that strengthens the entire that that strengthens the entire whole because it means that all of our rights are reaffirmed and when those rights are violated it's the same it's it's the same uh um you know amplified sort of effect where it's not just that one person whose rights were violated it means all of us all of ours all of our rights were violated and so that's this the reason is why I have a bell. We must support each other. We must we must see each other's pain and try to heal it. And that's how you heal your own pain is by listening to others, giving to others, and and sharing with others in a way that doesn't belittle them and doesn't tear them down, but instead finds a way to build them up and to strengthen them, to get justice for them, to to realize that we are all in this together. It, it, you know that. It's it's I guess taboo now to, to to quote Martin Luther King, but I'm going to do it anyway. It is, which, which is which is you know we we're either going to learn how to live together as brothers or we'll die together as fools, and that that just is what it is. You know we're we we have to we have to go through whatever phase whatever this whatever this period of history is whatever people look back on it generations from now and say what were those people doing when they, when they did X, Y, and Z, you know, we, we don't know we're living in ignorance. And, and so part of it is just accepting that ignorance and having the courage to listen to someone else who might be able to help you gain a perspective that, that just, you know, sheds light on it. Some of the, some of the things that have transformed me the most, uh, you know, I've had, I've had conversations with people that, you know, I offended so deeply. I lost those friendships in some cases, because I was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was, I was too adamant that I knew that I knew, you know, I know, and you don't. And, and the, you know, but over time that that's, again, that's part of the ego death. You, you let go of that person that was so sure. And instead you think about, well, how does the world look from their perspective? And when you do that, you know, this is this is that concept of tactical empathy, because you're not able to influence anyone else 
until they know that you care. You know, nobody knows how much or nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care, you know? And so that's that's where I want to leave it is is take the opportunity to care about somebody who you normally wouldn't. And that's my challenge to you. It, have a conversation with them and listen to someone that you normally wouldn't. Don't judge them. doesn't matter how wrong they are. Just listen to them and try to feel or, or, or try to understand what the world feels like for them, even if you don't necessarily have to feel it. I'm not saying you have to, you're not going to be able to feel it in some cases, but, um, but you don't need to. You can, it, it, just the acknowledgement and the respect of listening to other people. That's our way out of, you know, 99% of the problems is just, we got to listen to each other, have the conversations, solve the problems. It's, it's so simple. However, uh, it's it's simple and, and hard. It's a paradoxical problem. And I'm so glad that you tied that back <clears throat> to fucking uh, my Paul Bloom point because he's been on Sam Harris's podcast about the argument against empathy, which is not... We don't necessarily want to feel everything because that's not... Um, hyperproductive um to feel to be the wounded animal we need a uh we need a we need a strong warrior element to that as well um so we need to be able to acknowledge and respect the feelings and use that in the weapon have that be kind of like the magical supercharger thing that's behind the rest of it um, rather than being the edge of the blade. It, yeah, again, I'm fucking up my. It's I have a bajillion metaphors that that's. Yeah, no, I, I've got that one. That feels the, the, right. The obstacle is the way, right? It seems like emotions are an yes. obstacle. It seems like it seems like anger or or you know hurt feelings or whatever the case might be. It, it seems like it's an obstacle, but it's an opportunity as well if we if we can connect with people through that, through their emotions, if you, if we can say, you know, it sounds like you're feeling angry. It sounds like you're feeling hurt. I want to understand. Can you, can you, you know, talk me through what you're feeling? Just, just the fact of acknowledging what they're feeling and, and wanting to know is more powerful than any facts you could ever possibly present them with to tell them that their position is invalid. You, you will not persuade anyone that way. And that's how most people communicate. At least if you're going to go by the, the Facebook interactions and Twitter internet interactions that I, that I have with people, most people communicate that way. Here's why you're wrong. Fact A, fact B, fact E. No, it doesn't work. You can't communicate with people that way. Because so, they're gaslighting. <laughs> uh, I, I was very apprehensive about using this word gaslighting because it is kind of often used derisively and mockingly um but that is kind of what is happening there the personal experiences are being discounted we're being asked to discount our own feelings for the sake of the larger thing um and again, this is all through the framing and the lensing problem because there is a right answer here. There is a higher peak on the moral landscape of this question yeah. of human rights. And there are a lot of voices out there that all have value, but they don't all hold equal weight. They don't all equal places 
you know, on a flat plane, that is the moral landscape, and it's about ele- elevating the better ideas um, and amplifying them as much as possible, however controversial that may be. Um, you know, the the not willingness to say that, you know, like I'm saying this because it's unpopular, because throughout history, at every step of moving humanity forward throughout history, it took these people to nail this shit to the wall and say, this is not working, we need a better way. Um, throughout all of human history, it always took those people who were willing to say, okay, uh, torches and pitchfork mobs, okay, guillotine crowd, okay, yellow press, okay, um, royalty who is giving us decrees from on high, we're going to do something different. And we're going to do it because it's what it actually means to be alive. It's what it actually means to be human. It respects the human part of all of us. And again, this is the radical humanist part of this vision, is that the us in this sentence is us with a capital U. And Jesse, this is why I love that you were you named <laughs> you birthed your own show name of resurgent us as like no, it's a it's an us thing that's coming back. It's not an a we them. The yeah. second that these we them movements started taking over the social discourse on this shit, largely amplified by social media and identity tribes, the second that that shit started taking over was when we started building up to the World War Three that also put Trump in office and did all these other things. We need to get back to that that fucking part so bad. And again, I know I'm not the right person necessarily to do this for all listeners, but that this is exactly why you specifically, <laughs> Mr. Jesse Rogers, are here. Because we needed somebody to remind us um, this is one large neighborhood. We're all in this. Uh, we're we're all in this together. Uh, I mean, I mean, right? We need to use this tool that we've been given. For him, it was the tool of television, and he used the best tools that he had at the time, which was. Often just puppets and yeah. beautiful words, but he changed the fucking world. Uh, and that's what we're doing here. As lofty and arrogant as it sounds, we need to drop the ego and embrace. Is there is there another word for that in Latin where you drop the ego part and you embrace the uh, <laughs> other part? That's like, no, we need to do this for the sake of humanity. I'm sure that word exists in Latin, right? Yeah, I'm sure there is. I, I, I need to look it up. I, I love Latin words here and there. That, that's, it's fantastic stuff. I don't know philosophy for shit. I just have a curious brain. I'm like, why are people acting like this? Uh, you know, which is what there's there's a space for all voices in this conversation, which is what that mind wave exists as a, as a function to do is to allow you to come into this conversation as well so um if you enjoyed my beautiful conversation with jesse rogers as much as i did please reach out info at mindwave.media if you want to get in on this shit behind the scenes like for real real not for play play um 
outrage machine is going to be the biggest task of a lifetime, I think, on a fundamental human level for what MindWave is going to try to produce. It's going to try to be productive at every step of the way because the thing that we're in is excruciating for all of us. Nobody likes this. Uh, This is why I, I kind of loosely tied it back to the abortion thing. It's like nobody's super in love with abortions. <laughs> Nobody likes this. We have to do what we have to do, um, and we just have to work through it together, and it's by coming together with a big U under unity, with a big A under all, that we shatter the rest of everything. This is how we break those narratives because um, they all fall apart. Under this lens, if you look at any other problem, if you just frame them under this one lens of acknowledging the world for it actually is, the way it actually is, not for who we wish we were, if you just forcefully insert that, if you have to lube it up and jam it in wherever, even uninvited, so be it, uh, make people very uncomfortable with this idea because it's the right one and it's true. Um, that's what radical humanism is. Some people do need to be reminded of who they are, and uh, you should be willing to be as colorful as fuck in that um, in that exercise, whether you just want to do like I'm doing and have long-form, very interesting conversations with beautiful people, or if you want to be like... Uh, Mario presents Estrada and go out to uh, Trump events and wave rainbow flags for Trump. Those are two equally uh, important parts of the puzzle. Each, every last one of you is a puzzle piece. And together we make up a larger picture. But if we can only see a couple of the pieces, we're missing the thing. Hmm. Uh, and this this is I'm enacting formally enacting another my fucking metaphor. Everybody has their piece to add, okay? And this obviously ties into the Lego Movie thing. Everything is awesome. You're all a superhero. But if you don't go outside, if you're not willing to reject left and right and go up and look down at the rest of it and see the bigger picture. That's really the thing that MindWave is trying to get you to do. And especially on the outrage machine thing, that's what we are really here to get you to do. It's not to go to move along a two-dimensional plane in the direction of any extremist ideology. We're trying to get you to go up and look down at the problem from above. We're trying to do the Richard Feynman thing, think like a Martian. What are what are we looking at here and how do we actually move forward so we are two minutes and jeez see how time flies (laughs) god see how time flies when you're doing uh the work of the universe this is like totally why i get all those people fucking lived in caves and just wrote this shit scrolled it into papyrus like detached from reality for months at a time and we're just like no this is how we fix it um all these monkeys are fucked up. This is how we fix it. And we look to those people for everything. Every last uh, intellectual across the course of human history. We looked at them and they were the people who went into caves and were like, oh no, these people are doing it. Um, so that is uh, hopefully for you, the listener, 
an enlightening episode of The Outrage Machine, which is really the Outrage Machine series. Is the th- it is the thing trying to combat the actual Outrage Machine, which is operating on literally every one of us. It is an algorithm that is operating on the back of our brains that is trying to divide us up to take our identity and preferentially place that on an emotional level above other things to make us feel as if something is personal against us or we have a personal thing against somebody else because of where else they land on uh, on the spectrum that is humanity. And that's, that's the thing that we're here to challenge. Um, the outrage machine is here to break that. Um, so thank you to the fucking stars and beyond to Mr. Jesse Rogers for making the time for this shit, uh, in, in his afternoon slash evening, uh, cause it needed to happen. And again, it was totally spontaneous, unscripted, whatever. It just needed to happen. And I'm so glad that you were here. So Jesse, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Oh, cosmic. This shit's going to blow up. Beautiful. Beautiful. This is this has been an awesome way to spend the evening, and uh, I, I hope the listeners enjoyed as much as I did. I am one thousand percent certain that they will. So, for you listeners who now know uh, who the new host of Humanity First is, you get why, right? You get why I was like, I can't. I either I have to drop this torch into the pit of despair and watch it disappear forever or I have to hand it to a fucking knight of the cosmic realm who will wield it as a superpower to change the world. Hopefully you understand now, Mindwave listener, why Jesse Rogers is literally the guy (laughs) i feel so thankful for finding you man for being the guy who can uh who can who can pick up this uh, torch from where i left off as as, uh, uh, but no you got it you got it man uh so we won't go there anyway jesus christ Mindwave listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for participating in this episode of The Outrage Machine, which is largely trying to be productive. We aren't just trying to amplify the bullshit for the sake of masturbatorily amplifying the outrage and 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 the excruciating uh, circumstances under which we live. That's not the goal of the series. The goal is to recognize this thing, this living being in detaching this whole thing and talking about the memeverse is like the ideal world as a way that ideas spread. Detaching that fucking thing, like this thing, the outrage machine, is kind of a living thing. And it's made up of lots of little different parts. And you are a... You are one of those parts. And you know how we destroy that thing? We all stop being a part of it. That's how the outrage machine stops working. That's how it stops breaking us apart. Um, It's by realizing who you are. So, Jesus fucking Christ, that is a totally 
uh, unscripted, out-of-the-box, impromptu outrage machine episode from Jenner that just felt like it absolutely needed to happen today because I'm, like, in pride mode. I'm in pride spirit. Pride spirit's for everyone, you know? <laughs> All one rainbow, motherfuckers, every last one of you. I don't give a fuck if you realize you're a part of this rainbow. Uh, there is no us in them. It's just all us. So that's that's the message from Jenner. And thank you very much for listening. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesse, we need to get you back more, man. Like, this is why I'm saying you need to have your own show on Mindwave. Um, and just start doing this shit spontaneously and sending it to me so that I can blast it out on the same thing because you're clearly made for this you are clearly molded from cosmic clay to do this uh so just embrace the spontaneity i guess uh and and the color just start doing it uh whenever recorded in zencaster send it to me and i'll blast it out because that's when you capture cosmic palladium motherfucker you don't go hunting for gold like with its oregon trail and we're going out west to pan for gold. No, we're not we're not panning for gold. We are the brightest minds of earth searching for cosmic palladium, motherfuckers. <laughs> and I guess I just created a new t-shirt. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This is a blast. Jesse, I, I literally, bro. When I say I love you, I hope I hope you realize that I do mean that in a, like, a Mr. Rogers-y fucking Bob Ross kind of, like, I really do love you, man, and thank you so much for doing this with me, because, like, there are so few people on Earth who can and are willing to, so you are a goddamn superhero here, and I cannot wait to see where this goes. Jesus. And right back at you, you know, let's paint some happy little trees in this world. Oh my god, so many happy little trees. They'll be fucked up little alien trees growing <laughs> mega fruits. Man, there's a room for the shitposty Rick and Mortiness up in this universe too, which is a, an important uh, piece that I think a lot of people uh, ignore, which is where Mindwave is going to pick it up because I don't give a fuck. All right, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, stick around, Jesse, so your audio doesn't get lost because this was a goddamn... If, if I lose a single second of this, I'm going to be just <laughs> fucking devastated. This is like Pompeii level. Oh, my God. Library of Exandria level. Oh, my God. What did we lose? So I'm cutting the recording here, but uh, stick around so I can get your audio. I fucking love you guys, Mindwave. You are... You are the thing literally keeping me alive and a, a bunch of other of us alive and these ideas alive. And uh, we are just here to be with you and give you the best tools in your tool belt to start to talk about these problems. Um, so thank you very much for listening and we will talk to you again very soon. Mm-hmm.